Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Here we are! Hey! My name is Stephen Johnston And my name is Jesse Titus And here we are for episode number 81 of American Brews and Tunes Today is a very special day yeah. How special? Internationally International special. special. <laughs> uh, today is International Beer Day. Oh, yeah. I don't really know if that means like we celebrate beers that are from different countries or if it's just beer day for all over the con- the, the world. To me, I, I think that it means that it's just beer day internationally. Or what if it's a U.S. holiday that celebrates international beers? Well, I guess that could be. Yeah. But I think you're probably right. All those things are really dumb. Yeah. Well, I think they're kind of fun. They're, they're, they, yeah, they're dumb, but the ones, they also give you a fun reason to celebrate something. The ones that are like, it's Blueberry Muffin Day here in America. And you're like, huh. Around my birthday is International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Oh, or yeah. Or maybe it's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> and on Parks and Rec, there's one time when Leslie Nope says... There's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. There's also International Talk Like a Pittsburgh Pirate Day. <laughs> That'd be, oh, you can just go down to PNC Park and that and hit some baseballs <laughs> into the Ohio River. The Ohio River. Oh, joy. Um, so we're talking about some international music on this episode. True. From the Great White North. I will be reviewing the most recent album, Here Comes the Cowboy, by Mac DeMarco. And I will be reviewing Simple Plan's album, No Pads, No Helmets, Just Balls. Curious. Yes. But before we get to those international delights, <laughs> let's touch upon our beer. Jesse, are you having an international beer today? No. What? I'm not. But I am having a beer that piques my interest. What is it? I was going to try to work in international into the word interest, but then I realized that it would just be inter-interest. <laughs> it would just be regular interest. I, I saw the, the plan, and I respect that. Yeah, I uh, so this is a beer from United Art and Yazoo Brewing. Curious. That's a interesting So um, international, I mean, untitled art. Sorry, did I, what did I say? Untitled, Untitled Art, Untitled right? Art, yeah. Untitled Art is a brewery from Wisconsin, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, it says Wanakee, Wisconsin. Curious. And so I guess this is a collaboration because they've got the little Yazoo symbol right there. Yeah, it definitely would be. On the can. A collab with Yazoo. Uh, but I, I was looking at a bunch of their cans today, and they're actually pretty cool. So like the name Untitled Art. And then they just have like all these really abstract like pieces of art on their cans. And this one is called Fudgesicle, and it is an imperial stout. And the art on it kind of looks like someone just rubbed a fudgesicle all, all over a, a canvas and then Very put, that on so. the, put that on the can. Yeah, it's curious. So I'm excited to try this. It's been a long time since I've had an imperial stout. And that's or since I've had, ground, right? Did you yeah, say it's, it's 12%. Yeah. Um, but it's been a long time since I've had a very high grav stout, so I'm excited to try it. And apparently, I read the review on Untapped of this, and they said there was a lot of like like cocoa nibs and all, like all this different 
like Hershey's syrup and oh, all weird. these different chocolates Lots that went chocolates. into it. So I'm really hoping it tastes like fudge. I'm sure it will. They're pretty awesome. We'll see. They're the brewery that did the Rocket Pop beer. Yes. That was an interesting one. Yeah, it really tasted like a Rocket Pop. It was great. It tasted like a Popsicle. Uh, I'm also having a stout, but definitely not Imperial. Nope. Much lower grav. And not national. Mine is international. What? It actually is. Like, this is a a beer you cannot get nationally. Yes. Thanks to my lovely girlfriend, Becca. This beer came straight from Ireland. You cannot get it in the U.S. It's the Guinness Milk Stout. Dang. Um, so we've all, I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, have tried the Guinness, Guinness just their regular stout, yeah. the draft stout, or, or, or one variation. They've got a couple of different versions of their stout you can get. Um, but this is a little different. Milk stouts usually have a lactose sugar in them. Yeah. And so that gives it usually a bit of a creaminess, a little bit of a sweetness. Here's what it says on the back. It says, the Open Gate Brewery, St. James Gate. Dublin, Ireland. Um, Our milk stout is full-bodied and creamy with aroma of roasted malt, milk chocolate, and coffee with a subtle sweetness from milk sugar. That's what I'm talking about. Nice. Uh, But I'm really curious to try this because... Yeah, I'm excited to try it, too. I've had plenty of regular Guinnesses, and I I enjoy a Guinness. Um, Now, did did, uh, Becca have Guinness while she was there? Yes, she did. Did she say that it tasted different than the America Guinness? I think she said it just tasted good and fresh. Okay. Yeah. Because I've I've heard that it, it does taste it a little tastes better over there yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. That makes sense, right? Because yeah. like shipping and travel at all. Yeah, shipping in mass quantities across yeah. the pond probably takes away a little bit away from it. I'm sure it does. But let's say we uh, open these up and uh, see what we can see and stuff. What say you? I say what yes. What say you? What say you? What so, say so you? We're both having the stout, so obviously Ooh. they're going to be dark beers, but I yeah. foresee yours being darker. Yeah, I think so. Uh, a little bit of the foam came out of the can, and it's a really dark tan head. Really dark tan foam. Yeah. Mine, For those of got you a, who did not like the term A light head. brown foam, but not nearly as dark as yours. Ooh, I can smell mine already. What's it smell uh, like? <laughs> it smells like a fudgesicle. What would you say about the color of your beer? Ooh, it smells really good. Yours is, it's super dark, and the the head is a really nice contrast. Yeah, still like like a dark tan, like brown head. It's like a, you know how, if people are like, in a movie and like they have a stout, like this is what the stout looks like in movies. Like almost right? like like if someone's gonna draw a cartoon stout, that's what it would look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd say even that the the foamy head is a little bit darker. Well, like as we're comparing, yours is the sli- foam yours head. is actually slightly darker than mine. The beer yeah. itself, but your foam head is is a lot darker. Yeah, mine's like a just a regular tan. Yeah, as opposed to a white frothy head. As opposed to a white. What uh, what does your smell like? It smells like chocolate. Mine smells pretty stouty. Actually, it little, smells like a fudgesicle. Mine smells a little chocolatey, but it, it really just mainly smells like a standard stout. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I would say we give these a cheers and then we'll try. Let's do it. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes, shit people down the international hatch. <laughs> this is definitely sweeter and creamier than a regular Guinness draft. Um, but it still does taste like, I, I get that taste Ooh. of the Guinness draft. Yeah. It's like if you take that and just. Add a pinch of sweetness and a healthy dose of creaminess. 
Really? So I think I like it better than the Guinness Draft. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it's nitro because I get a little little bit of... It's not like super carbonated, but it's not nitro. Yeah. Uh, like like a Guinness Draft would be. Uh, but it definitely tastes like the Guinness Draft base beer, but nicer. Because <laughs> I, I, I enjoy milk stouts. I like that little bit of creaminess, sometimes a little bit of sweetness. And, yeah. And I think that really comes through very nicely on here. Nice. Nice roasty malty, but super balanced. I'm nice. sure it's going to be... A lot more crushable than yours. Yes, I think so. Um, after having just tasted mine, I can tell you that it is really intense. Uh, the uh, the it, the first mouthfeel you get is straight up like Hershey's chocolate syrup. Interesting. And but it's not like a it's not you know how like Hershey's chocolate syrup kind of tastes almost like artificial and kind of weird. Yeah, sometimes I'm not the biggest fan of it. Yeah, this doesn't really have that artificial type flavor. Um, and then even more like chocolate like waves come at you. Uh-huh. Like imagine that you're just in a, a big old pool of chocolate milk. And it, it's washing over you. Sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would be pretty so gross. thick and weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyway. Okay, maybe don't imagine that. I can't unimagine but, it now. <laughs> Um, but then you get like a really nice hit of the booziness after that. And after I took the first uh, gulp and it like, you know, went down my chasophagus chasophagus, and into my stomach, mm-hmm. um, uh, there was a really nice like w- like pulsing waves of like the booziness going down. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how whenever uh, if you like bump your toe or your elbow or something and then there's like the pain kind of like pulses through your arm or your toe. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like in your mouth. With the uh, the waves of chocolate flavor and the booziness. That's a very strange way to make an analogy. Strange th- <laughs> to think of. But I guess it's uh, I, specific. I don't know. Yeah. That's <laughs> just I would never come up with that idea. I'm very happy with my beer. I would get this again. Well, I'd have to go to Ireland to get this again or know somebody going to Ireland. But I'm I'm very happy with this. I wish I had more than, than one. But yeah. I shall enjoy it. I'm very happy with this beer, too. Uh, it's very tasty. Do you think you could have more than one of those in a row? Um, I'll let you know later. Because Usually, right now on the first sip, uh, now that it's sat in my stomach for a little bit, probably not. Yeah, it's gonna be super heavy. It's gonna be really. It's already kind of like weighing down my stomach. Yeah. Not like literally weighing it down, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Hey, I, I dig, I dig it, I dig it. Shall we uh, jump into the music? Don't you want to do a switch ski? Eh, let's do a switch ski. Let's do a switch ski and see what we think of each other's beers. I'd rather jump into the music than a pool of chocolate milk, but I guess <laughs> I'm about to go in. Oh, you weren't kidding. Yours smells like straight Hershey's syrup or a fudgesicle. Hmm. And the, yeah, it doesn't doesn't taste super boozy. It does. It tastes really chocolatey. Just wait till it sits in your mouth for a little bit. But yeah, after letting it go down the esophagus, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, it's good though. It's but you're, that's really chocolatey. Yeah, my like my goodness. Um, I like that Guinness one. Isn't it? You see that's what I good. mean? It, it still has that Guinness flavor, but yeah. they just added a creaminess. They kind of added a slight creaminess and a slight little bit of slight chocolate. Yeah, it's it's nice. I like it a lot. It's nice. Yeah, I, I think I gotta have a couple of these. Maybe not a ton, but it's, it's at least it's two. Pretty light. Yeah, if you're watching the good old. The good old football on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd be watching rugby on well, the telly. Let me think of an Irish accent. 
Hey, the luck of the Irish. Oh, you're going to watch some rugby? I'm going down to the pub for some crack tonight. If you know what I'm going down for. <laughs> I'm going to have a pint of Where's the Guinness the Milk Stout. Where's the crack? At the pub? Drinking the pub? a Guinness? Yes. Guinness? The Guinness Milk Stout. I have a couple while watching the, watching the good old footy on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's uh, probably horrible and I'm disrespecting an entire culture. But let's go into a different culture. The culture of Canada, eh? The culture of Mac DeMarco. Let's let's turn off that footy, eh? And go into some, some hockey, hockey, eh? Let's put on our sweaters, eh? Shall we, eh? <laughs> Enough of the curling, eh? Steve is wearing his hockey, his penguin sweater right now. Heck yeah, I am. But I'm not sweating in it. Erp. <laughs> Erp. <laughs> that was pretty bad, yeah. All right, back to Marco. Here comes the cowboy. Uh, it came out this year, 2019, yep. um, a few months ago. It is his fourth album. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a singer, songwriter, and a multi-instrumentalist. Burp. <laughs> Chocolate burps. Chocolate, Chocolate burps. Chocolate burps. <laughs> um, anyways, Mac DeMarco was born, and here's his birth name. I don't know if you've ever looked this up. No. <clears throat> Werner Winfield McBrien Smith the fourth. Wow. His mother, however, changed his name when he was five to, and here's another mouthful, McBrien Samuel Lanyon DeMarco. What? <laughs> she changed his name despite his what father who had left them. Uh, so she didn't want him to carry his namesake. Uh, which still, it's, it's like going That's from so one crazy. crazy name to a slightly related different crazy name. You so, don't need five names anymore. You just need four. Yeah. So DeMarco is his last name, and, and McBrien, I guess, is technically his first name. So Mac DeMarco. Yeah. That's what he goes for, for short. Makes sense. Um, he was in and out of a bunch of different bands growing up. All kinds of different bands, like R&B groups, uh, punk bands, jazz, like all, all kinds of different things. And I think that kind of made a unique style that he plays by mm-hmm. kind of branching out and trying all these different groups makes sense because uh, he's a weird unique style yeah because if you like listen to his earlier albums and then listen to this one it's like night and day he's like gone he's like done a, a 1080 gone through multiple different things 1080 Ooh, or a 720 a or a nine, a lot of what is it, 960 900 there's 900. 900 1080 is just a 180 more than a nine. <laughs> I just know all this from Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. yeah. He's he's the spin doctor. <laughs> Is really? that really his nickname? I, I think so, yeah. Really? I think, yeah. I'm not making that up. Wait, wasn't he the first uh He landed the 900 to do... for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was like the first, I'd say, household... Well, yeah, perhaps like national household the, skateboarding. Yeah, game. like one of the first skateboarders who, if you said Tony Hawk, people would be like, oh, he skateboards, right? Well, I'm sure actual people who skateboard would... Maybe point towards earlier people like the Lords of Dogtown crew. I don't know yeah. if you ever saw that movie. It's, it's pretty good. No, though. it seemed pretty good, though. Yeah. It was a good one. It's interesting. Uh, but anyways, Mac DeMarco uh, from Canada, a little little kind of kind of solo project, but he's got a backing band that plays mm-hmm. with them, and they're, they're very solid. Uh, he built up his fan base organically by touring a ton. Um, he toured in a van, which he still does, even though he's very famous now. He still likes to go in a van. Yeah, he said he doesn't like buses. Yeah. On an episode of Hot Ones, he said he doesn't like bus drivers because they drive all night and sleep all day. He's like, zombies. He's like I don't want to be that close to a vampire. Oh, a vampire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's uh, got a huge fan base and he's fairly well received by critics. But Here Comes the Cowboy was not his most well received album. It got some very mm. mixed reviews, really? unfortunately. 
um, due to its slow pace and quote-unquote lack of focus. And I can see that. There's some mm. kind of things going all over the place. And the thing that strikes me most about this album is that he didn't know how to end it, many of his songs. <laughs> some of them just kind of trail off or just like end abruptly. Or Yeah. It's, it's odd, but it fits in, I guess. I don't really know. I disagree with the lack of focus, but... Uh, it depends. Maybe depending compared to his previous efforts. True. Maybe they are comparing it. Yeah. Yeah. Most, if, if you're doing a follow up album to to any kind of discography, I'm and sure there's going to be a, an amount of comparison. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. It's difficult not. You shouldn't compare, but it's like impossible not to. Yeah. Especially if it's somebody whose previous album was really well received. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, I also think that there's some very strange repetitiveness on this album, but I'll touch upon that. In a minute, when I get to this first song. Okay. <laughs> Very first song is Here Comes the Cowboy. I didn't give any ratings because this is not my most favorite album. And there's some some songs I might have given some low ratings. And I don't like to be negative. So I'm just going to keep no ratings here. Um, but I do have my uh, recommendations and an honorable mention. All right. All right. Um, here Comes the Cowboy is the title track. Wow. Um, there's only one line in the song. And it is... Here comes the cowboy. Correct. He just says, here comes the or, cowboy. A ton. Here comes the cowboy. Here comes the cowboy. Here comes the cowboy. Um, over this like guitar part. It's, it's like a cowboy sounding thing with just yeah. very, very light percussion. Um, it's odd. The music video is super weird. Yeah. Claymation or some type of type of weird yeah, animation. Yeah, some, some really strange animation for the music video. I almost think it would be better if you were on some like psychedelic drugs, like something psychotropic or something. But it's just maybe it's just so out there looking. That yeah, I, I, I can imagine like if you, I don't know, take some shrooms or something and just watch you like whoa. No, I think I think the whole purpose of this song, this, the whole song, kind of doesn't really mean anything apart from the video. It almost seems like. It could be. But he, or the video gives the song more context or more depth. Perhaps. But he also has talked about the term cowboy. Um, and in, in his experience, he doesn't really necessarily mean walking around with boots and a hat. Yeah. With spurs. He, it's kind of like a term of endearment. Hmm. So maybe he's a cowboy. Who knows? Maybe it's a friend. I don't know. Um, but it com- it's a image that kind of comes back in different ways. Mm-hmm. Moving on to track number two, which is called Nobody. And Nobody. this switches gears quite a bit from the first track. Yeah. Uh, there's finally music that, that goes somewhere. <laughs> uh, and it's got this guitar part that's almost like palm muted and slightly arpeggiated. Mm-hmm. Like, hard to ex- explain what it is unless you hear it. Um, but I think it's definitely more catchy than the other one. It's got a nice slow and contemplative feel. Um, yeah, I really like, like this much song. of this album. Um, he's exploring the idea of getting famous and how that, in the eyes of the people who are fans, yeah, you kind of become a creature. Yeah, that's. So, it seems like that's definitely what a lot of these songs in this album are kind of geared towards. Because yeah. like this song, this song, this song especially. Uh, but like once you become a creature, there's, there's no, no turning no back. back yeah. yeah, he says there's no turning back. To nobody, to nobody. Uh, yeah, there's no. It's interesting. Back. Um, to nobody. The music really isn't my favorite, but I like the, the the lyrics and the message. And that's the one thing I found a lot in this album is if there's a song I really don't care for musically, I could sit there and read the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty insightful. That's a, a nice way to look at something. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think there's even if you like listen to this album and it makes you want to 
put pencils in your ears. <laughs> just read the lyrics. You're like, oh, okay, I, this is somebody experiencing some stuff and like writing about it. I don't know. I, li- I like the music in this song. Yeah. I mean, there there is some music that I like in this album, but yeah. and none of it made me want to put pencils in my ears. Yeah. I'm just going to extremes <laughs> for the listeners. Let's move on to track number three, which is called Finally Alone, and it's my first recommendation. That's a good song. Um, I think this one, again, switches gears. Uh, it's a little faster than the last song. Um, and kind of bouncy. Yeah. Um, it has a bouncy feel to it, for sure. Lots of falsetto in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when it uh, does the yeah, 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 you're, honey, you're finally alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 honey, you're finally alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, honey, you're finally alone. Mac describes this song as like a grass is always greener kind of meaning. Hmm. Um, moving and traveling to escape something or maybe to experience something better. Uh, but then you only find that everyone in this new place is wishing they were where you just were. So it's yeah. it's the, the thing of, I don't know if you call it like disillusionment or displacement, but just trying to, thinking there's something better out there, but maybe there's not. Yeah, there's a, uh, it's just reminded me of um, something that C.S. Lewis once wrote about uh, like traveling mm-hmm. and how you're always like, people are always, um, I don't know, like, fan, like romanticizing travel. Yeah. But whenever, like if you were to go somewhere that's uh, quote unquote like exotic for where you are, uh-huh. like once you live there for a certain amount of time, like it becomes commonplace. Yeah. And then it Very becomes true. not exotic. Yeah. And so it's all, it's all relative. Perception. It's all about your perception of it. Yeah. Let's move on, shall we? To track yeah. number four, which is called "Little Dogs March," and it's my next recommendation. Um, it's a very introspective song Little about knowing your wild days and your partying phase is over. Yeah. Um, he's probably, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but he's probably referring to himself as the old dog who needs to march on or move on. Yeah. Uh, because his last album was called "This Old Dog," which also referred to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chorus, I think, is is super catchy. Uh, they they put some cool chords in there, but it march on, little doggy. Yeah. March on, little dog. Uh, but I think this was one of the first songs that I was like, oh, that's pretty catchy. Like, yeah. it kind of struck me mm. on the first listen. The next song, however, did not strike me on the first listen. <laughs> the song, track number five, is called Preoccupied. Oh, great song. Um, I think it's interesting. It's got some birds chirping in the background of the song. Yep. Um, like, maybe he's, like, outside being preoccupied by something else. I don't know. I also wonder if he recorded the birds, like, Outside, like, like outside. a field recording, yeah. I wouldn't or be surprised. Like just a generated clip or something. Yeah, because I didn't mention this earlier, but aside from some little things here and there, Mac DeMarco recorded all the instrumentation and everything himself. Really? Um, and produced it and all kind of things, to the point where he even said, there are some songs where you can hear rain on the windows because that's when I recorded this vocal part or this huh. guitar part is that you'd cool. really have to know where to listen for it and you'd have to ha- turn it up a lot but yeah yeah so he recorded this at his house or in his That's basement cool. or garage um, but preoccupied um this song's more of an observation of people being preoccupied with themselves and stuck Nobody's in their ways in it. Yeah. yeah people not being open-minded yeah but that's all i gotta say about that because i'm closed-minded to this Great song, song. <laughs> um the next song 
is called Choo Choo. <laughs> Choo Choo. It's my next recommendation. <laughs> um, it could mean a lot or it could mean nothing. I feel like it means nothing. It could mean something, though. Okay. Um, I think it's probably one of the more most exciting and catchy songs on the album. Yeah, uh, it's like is. a funk song almost, like a seventies funk, like with this bum, weird bouncy bum, bum, guitar part. Bum, 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 and bum. he just says "choo choo," uh, <laughs> take a ride with me. Yeah. Uh, but later on, he says "choo choo," come and die with me. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, what? Um. So if there's any meaning to it, here's what I think it could be. Is that maybe he's talking about like his lifestyle, like being on a crazy train ride? Could be, yeah. That uh, makes sense. And if you, he was a big party guy if before. If you participate, in if that, you go on that, you're gonna die. More likely to die early. So maybe that's what it means. Could be, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe that's why it's faster. Um, unfortunately, for my own stupid biases, I get angry because this is like the fastest and most exciting song on the album, <laughs> <laughs> and I want more songs to kind of sound like this. But yeah, that's that's. It's not my album, so who knows. I like how there's a gong. There's it. some weird stuff in this song. And like choo the bridge, he does like the harmonies like choo-choo, choo-choo, choo-choo. Yes. And there's a gong. <laughs> at the end. It's Funny. weird, K. Uh, let's move on to track number seven, which is called K. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a love song written for his girlfriend. Yeah. His girlfriend's name is Kiera. Um, this song, he said, was supposed to be Paul McCartney-esque. Really? So that's what he was going for, hmm. sound-wise, vibe-wise. Yeah, I could hear it, too. It's mainly just uh, acoustic guitar and vocals. Yeah, It's a nice love song. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say other than that. It's a nice love song to his girlfriend. Yeah. That he's been with very, for a very, very long catchy. time. Very, very catchy. Yeah. Uh, moving on to track number eight, which is called Heart to Heart. Uh, this Heart song is a tribute to Mac Miller. Mm-hmm. The late, great Mac Miller. Two Macs, one track. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Attack. Um, he they, they were buddies, Mac Miller and, and Mac oh, DeMarco. Really? Yeah, um, he vaguely references their relationship in a few a few ways on the song, and then he tags each refrain with heart to heart, mm-hmm. heart to heart, mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of like a a slow melancholy sounding song. Like it's it it does kind of sound minor and and sad. Yeah, um, but at the very end, there's a little recording of Mac Miller making these funny little sounds and then laughing. Yeah. Um, if you didn't know it was Mac Miller, you might not catch it. But if you if you know that, I'd say go ahead and listen to it and find it at the very end. You can hear him yeah. ma- making like a wow wow wow, like yeah. a weird noise. Yeah. Whenever I first listened to it, I didn't really know that it was Mac Miller. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that it was him making weird noises. Yeah. Which. But then you mentioned like that it was Mac Miller, and then I went back him? and listened to it. I was like, that's definitely definitely Mac him. Miller. Yeah. You, you yeah. can hear it's him when you know that, that you're listening for it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, moving on to track number nine, the song is called "Hey Cowgirl." I think this is definitely a reference to the cowboy. cowboy. Yeah. From the sure. first track, um, obviously. I'm not sure if it's about his girlfriend or not. It might be. It might not be. Um, who knows? Um, but it's fairly repetitive. Hey, cowgirl. Uh, but I think thematically it's got a lot in common with the song Finally Alone. Yeah. Um, like he mentions that the cowgirl um, should try a big city, like try and move into a big city. If you're a cowgirl out in the country or whatever. Um, so again, it's that grass is greener kind of theme. Mm-hmm. Let's go to track number 10, shall we? We shall. Let's go to double digits on the square is what this song is called. Um, people, I like. I, I read a lot of people trying to say what this song's about. And a ton of people say that this song has strong references to Freemasonry. Really? 
Um, and I guess Mac DeMarco might have some ties to being a Freemason. Mm. I don't know. I don't know enough about being a Freemason or any of their, their stuff to, to say for sure or not. I'm not going to read books on Freemasonry to know these things. Um, But I think it's cool that it's more of a piano-driven song. Yeah. uh, More keyboard-driven. Unlike a lot of other songs, um, most of them are guitar-driven because he's a guitar player. Uh, But this one is a piano-driven song. Um, It's got this really cool synthy part that's like the... Mm -hmm. It's kind of funky-sounding but odd. Um. And I guess it's worth noting that it might not necessarily be necessarily be this song, but a lot of the synth keyboard parts and a lot of the guitar parts have this weird effect on them where it sounds like it's almost going out of phase or slightly out of key and then coming back. Yeah. It's a very weird, very unique, unique sound. sound. And he's got it on, on previous albums too. So it's not just this one, but it's, it's odd. Hmm. Did you see the, uh, the music video for that one? I did not. What was it? It's a, it is a very, uh, from what I remembered, I watched it a while ago. It's a super, very weird uh, video about um, this guy. I think it was played by Mac. And then the other two people in the band or some of his bandmates are in the audience. And it's almost like somebody's like auditioning for a part in like a play or something. Uh-huh. And like Mac like looks through these really strange pools of like paint or putty or something down into like this person's life. It's... Very difficult to explain, but it yes. kind of it kind of puts an interesting twist on the meaning of the song. It is. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I know a lot of it's his, real weird. I think he's got some artsy friends who uh, help him out with his videos, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on. Track we number shall. 11 is called All of Our Yesterdays. Um, it's got oh, some chords played on the acoustic yesterday. guitar and some odd-sounding electric lead lines. Um, it sounds like something a cowboy would play on a ranch. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, it's another Cold one that kind of reminisces about the past and how it's gone. Yeah. Um, obviously, all of our yesterdays. Yeah, and that could be in reference to the, uh, the whole thing about someone becoming famous. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Them reminiscing about the days where they weren't known and they could have peace or whatever, but it accepting sounds, that they're gone, though. It, it sounds almost a little bit sad in the verses, but I think the chorus is really hopeful. And I'm just going to read the entire chorus here. Um, the, the chorus starts with, and that don't mean your dream is over, and that don't make your heartbeat slower. Such a shame to complain when all our yesterdays have gone away. Yeah. So I think he's trying to say, don't like, don't reflect on that. I mean, it, yeah, it was great, but don't, um, don't complain about it, like it being gone. They're gone. So let's, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I think it's a, a good way to look at it. Um, What's the, there's a line in the, the new Battle Legend album. Or they say uh, nostalgia is just an excuse for stupidity. I I I don't know if that, that might be verbatim or not. I can't remember, but yeah, nostalgia yes. Nostalgia is just an excuse for stupidity. It's something like that, yeah. But kind of, it almost seems like that kind of has the same message to it. We're living in united stagnation. <laughs> no living thanks. in united stagnation. Let's go to the penultimate track, which is called Skyless Moon. I gave this an honorable mention. Oh, oh. I didn't expect this one to be your honorable mention. Uh, well, remember that one time we were playing that show and I was like, this song is stuck in my head. This is probably the song that gets stuck in my head most on this album. Um, I just think the other ones are more catchy, which is why I recommended them. 
Gotcha. Um, but this one, for some reason, is the one that gets stuck in my head. It's a spacey sounding song. Really yep. odd. And it has that, it has that same that same uh, effect on the yes. lead the lead line. Yeah, it's really phasey, weird, wild sounding. It's mm-hmm. really cool though. Um, apparently, he was on the fence about putting this on the album. Really. But he played this song for Mac Miller, who loved it, and said, you have to put it on there. Really? Um, huh. So, uh, in honor of Mac Miller, he made sure to include it on the album. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think the title is odd. Yeah, I don't really get it a either. A skyless moon? Yeah. Like, you've heard of a moonless sky. Yeah. But a skyless moon. Like, I, I've tried to think about it a bunch of times and figure out, like, what does that mean? Yeah. And he says that in the song, and I'm just, I don't know. Maybe maybe they just, like, flip the words. And he's like, oh, that sounds cool. Because sometimes that's all that's all it is. Someone's just like, "Oh, skyless moon." That's opposite. It sounds kind of cool, or maybe it actually means something. I'm not sure. I don't know anything about the idea of. I guess if you're on the moon, looking up, all you, you see is space. If you have a like a sky, you look at the sky, and what you're supposed to see is the moon. So if you are the moon, but then you don't have the sky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Well, when I think of it, I think about being <laughs> on the moon and you don't have sky, you just have space to look at. Hmm, who knows? Who knows? That's why it, it's a, a odd thing to think of. Yeah, I thought about that a lot too. I couldn't come up with anything good. But I love the chorus. More and more, 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 more. It's very catchy. I love that build up. Yeah. Um, moving good. on to the last song, which is a wild one. This song is called Baby Bye Bye. <laughs> I'd say the song has three parts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a safe thing to say. Um, the first part's really upbeat and poppy, cheerful sounding, even though it's kind of not a cheerful message. It's about him waiting for a girl to call and realizing that she never will. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a bummer when you just read the lyrics by themselves. Yeah. Um, the second part, however, it switches gear big time. And that's where he just says, bye-bye, baby, baby, bye-bye, bye-bye. And just goes on and on for a yeah, long time. Yeah, it seems like he's almost like, yeah, see you later, baby. Yeah. He's it's just over like, cheerful over. about it. And then it kind of like fades out. And then <laughs> it comes back. after a little while, it comes back. But it comes back as what I would say is the third part. And just like Choo Choo, it's almost like a 70s funk sounding song again. Yeah. And it's got just... All these wild ex- exclamatory <laughs> things like yeehaws yeah. and Yeehaw! weird laughs, like ha 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 ha. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like what the heck is going on? My favorite, my favorite one is when he goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's so weird because he's so like, stupid. I, I'm just trying to imagine when he had the idea for this part. Was he like, I'm just gonna wing it? Maybe I'll just say some things, <laughs> yeah. or maybe. It, it was playing on while he was recording, and he just was like having fun, not knowing that. It, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. It's wild. I'd kind of like to ask him about it. Yeah, but such a strange way to finish the song and the album and the album as a whole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all in all, like after the first couple of listens, I was like, I do not like this. This is weird stuff. Um, it did grow on me, but I really had to to kind of listen to it a ton. Um, I definitely don't hate it. Uh, it's not my least favorite album that I've had to review on this podcast. Um, having said that. I listened to a few of his older albums. You and I think like, there's, like those a little bit more? I think I like them more, yeah. They're, they're yeah. more melodic, more catchy, uh, more upbeat, and maybe a little more accessible. I don't really know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think probably definitely more accessible. Like this one doesn't seem like it's very accessible. It's weird. It's a In weird general. album. Um, but yeah, but, it, was, it was worth sinking my time into, I think. It just it took a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, you want to move on to another Canadian group? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on to the album that... 
that I get to re- that I reviewed and listened to. Uh, the band is Simple Plan. Oh yeah, hey, hey. and they had a very simple plan when writing this album. Yes, they did. <laughs> uh, the what, what was, was called, their plan? If you had to guess, <laughs> the album is called No Pads, No Helmets. Dot dot dot. What's that called again? Ellipses. The three dots. Ellipses. Yeah. Letters. Just balls. Um, it seemed like with this album, they're like, let's write really catchy pop punk songs that are geared towards middle that are school geared towards kids. middle school kids. Yeah, I'd agree. Maybe they wrote, this, maybe they this is their debut album, so maybe they wrote this in middle school. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, they probably wrote a lot of the songs when they were younger. Yeah, it came out in uh, two thousand two. I believe so. I believe? Yeah, after Blink-182 so, had kind of opened up the floodgates for all these pop-punk bands that were yeah. coming out. Um, 2002, I was in fifth grade. So, yeah, it would have come out then. I was still in elementary school then. I never listened to this album then. But anyway. First time I heard anything off of this album, um, just a heads up, my middle school started in sixth grade. Oh, okay, and we yeah. took a field trip after fifth grade was over to like get a, um, what do you call that when you come in like explore the, you get just get a feel for the junior high. Yeah, so all of us, all of us fifth graders, ex fifth graders, soon to be sixth graders, um, took a tour of the middle school so we knew where to go. Yeah, because it was the first time going to a new orientation. Building for us. Yes, it was an orientation. And I remember hearing the song "Addicted" on the school bus. I was oh, like, really? I was like, what's this? It's great. <laughs> uh, but I didn't end up getting this album until I was in like seventh grade or something yeah. around that time. But anyway, they are also an international band. They're from Canada. Yeesh. As well. Uh, so let's start off with track number one. Uh, the song that most likely everybody knows. Uh, it's, I guess a lot of people probably say it's their most famous. I think I would agree with you. Yes. One uh, of the most famous. The song is called I'd Do Anything. Another day is going by thinking about you all the time. Fun fact, Jesse and I covered this song for a New York minute. Yeah. With our band. I don't know. We didn't actually have a I don't a think we had name. a name then. I think we we might have been Jungle Rhubarb. Was it that? We just like had that. Yeah, I think we were. I think we were Jungle Rhubarb. Didn't we make that? Didn't we put that? We just created that name from our experiences our in life. Past, our past experiences. <laughs> no, but yeah, we, we covered this song and did a, we butchered it. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I think that was when I still couldn't really sing well. And I still can't sing well. By no means do I sing well now, but I definitely sing a lot better now than I used to. But yeah, we tried to we tried to cover it and it didn't work out too well. I couldn't get Justin to do the third harmony. Nope. Mainly because I couldn't figure out what the third harmony was. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, uh, the song is really catchy and uh, it's a good song to start off with. It definitely gives you a very good idea of what is to come throughout the rest of the album. Um, and it seems to me that it's a song about a, a, a teenage love romance type thing. Yeah, I'd agree. How they're like, I'd do anything for you. Basically, just to hold you in my arms. I try to, I try make, to make you, you laugh. laugh. Somehow I can't yeah. put you in the past. A little teenage love song. Yeah. And on the bridge, Mark Hoppus sings. I know. It's a great guest spot. Yeah. yeah. Nice. He's got a nice contrast with... Lead singer from Simple Plan's voice. Definitely. Do you know Was his Mark name? Hop- uh, isn't it something really strange and weird? Yeah. Pierre Bouvier. 
Pierre Bouvier. Okay, yeah. Super no French-Canadian sounding. I, I believe he's fluent in French because I remember watching a show and he's like, Ah, je suis, je commence, je vais à la bibliothèque, oui. Comment allez-vous? Oh, man. Um, but that's kind of going to be a common theme in a lot of these songs is going to be the song is sung from like a teenager's point of view. Um, that's pretty much how all these songs are going to be framed. Yeah. Makes sense. So, uh, track number two. Oh, that's one of my recommendations, by the way. I'd do anything. Good choice. Uh, track number two is called The Worst Day Ever. And if Every I were to... uh is the worst day ever. If I were to just go by what they are literally saying in the song, they're just talking about how life is stupid and I have to go to work and it's dumb. Every day is the Every worst Every day, day ever. is like this and it's stupid. Yeah. But if you want to look at it maybe a little bit deeper, maybe they were saying, like, it's more about not being satisfied with where you're at right now. Could be. And wanting to change. But anyway. On to the third song. is you. It's called You Don't Mean Anything. And this is another song about a relationship. And it's about uh, how you don't like somebody. Mm-hmm. And how they pretty much just like always bring you down and... And how you they the don't the don't mean anything you to don't, you. You don't you don't you don't don't mean anything to me. You don't you don't you don't you don't. Oh man, so many, so many crazy, so many catchy choruses, but very poppy and melodic. Very poppy and melodic. Uh, on to the next. Well, maybe not the next most known song, but the one that I knew the most. Uh-huh. Track number four is called "I'm Just a Kid." Super. And popular song. Yeah, I recommend this one as well. Uh, I recognize it because it was in the hit movie with Steve Martin, Cheaper by the Dozen. What a great movie. Yeah. I think, wasn't Some 41 In Too Deep also in that? Yeah. yeah. What a great soundtrack. Because I, uh, I remember uh, I remember watching that movie, and whenever those songs would come on, I'd always be like, wow, this is pretty awesome. What are these songs? And I just like never found out what they were. Oh, I knew what they were. I was, I was like, this movie has the best soundtrack. <laughs> Steve Martin's a genius. <laughs> I still think Steve Martin's a genius. He is. Some he's, people knocked really him good. for doing uh, uh, Pink Panther. Really? Yeah. Why would people knock him for doing Jacques Cousteau, like one of the most famous comedic characters ever? Because they thought that, what's his name, Peter Sellers, I think it was, did it better. And it was like a role that he shouldn't have done. I thought it was funny. Oh, it's, oh! They weren't. They weren't like you shouldn't have done that role. They were like, you didn't do it as well. That, and I think they didn't. Yeah, he didn't do it as well. I just didn't compare the two. Yeah, it was. It was a dumb movie. Yes, they're, uh, but it was mean, funny. They're different. It's different eras. Different versions of Pink Panther. Yeah, very different. I That's, thought it was funny, <laughs> and I still enjoy it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another example of of that where like a really the old hamburger. version. The hamburger, the <laughs> hamburger. <laughs> Hamburger. Dimburger. Dimburger. <laughs> That's really funny. So I think nothing is more funny than uh, Steve Martin and the jerk with the oh, oil yeah, cans. I know. <laughs> These oil cans keep exploding. Because like, no, you idiot. He's shooting the oil cans. What? Somebody really hates these oil cans. <laughs> it's so stupid. If you, if you guys have never seen the jerk, just look up the oil can scene on YouTube if you it's don't want to so, watch the whole movie because so it's so funny. No oh, man, uh, but the song "I'm Just a Kid" is again about just being a kid and being like, "Life isn't fair, man." It's like being an aggro teen. Yeah, 
and a uh, angsty teen. Yeah, that's uh, the whole album. I think is geared and being that. like, I just want to do what I want to do. Yeah. The world's stupid, but so yeah. Well, well, all these uh, a lot of the messages in these songs are kind of uh, not really uh, subtle, and they're very on the childish nose. and on the nose. Uh, there are a few songs where they go a little bit deeper, and I find that I like those ones a little bit better. Uh, but anyway, this uh, this next song, track number five, is called When I'm With You, and it is a song, again, about a teenager. Oh, who, those teens. Who is, uh, who is pining after a girl who does not return his affection, basically. Classic trope, you know yep, what I'm saying? a very classic trope. Um. On to track number six. It's called "Meet You There." Uh, this is one of the, this is one of the two songs that I would classify as power pop, power pop, instead of pop punk, uh, because funny. it's more it's more a pop song and it doesn't have like that punk pop punk feel. Um, and I uh, I think this is one of the songs that has kind of a, a not as childish meaning because mm-hmm. uh, basically it seems like the song is about. Um, kind of like being sad about someone who's not in your life anymore. Um, either like a, a parent or a family member or someone that you care about. Uh-huh. And I was reading on uh, Lyric Genius that one person said, well, maybe this song's about how uh, someone in the band lost their dad and how like this whole song is about how they, they know that they're gone but and they can't like be with them anymore. But I'll meet you there. So like whenever. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think that's probably. It seems like that's probably what the song is about. A little a little deeper than some of the other songs. Yeah, a lot deeper than this next song. Oh. Track number seven is called "Addicted," and I also recommend this song. It's a funny song. It's pretty good. I think this is the first song I ever heard from Simple Plan. Um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, definitely a song again about a relationship or a post breakup relationship and it's in triple meter yes that's true which the first song in itself isn't that amazing but when when we think of pop punk in general there's not that much triple meters thing so when you hear it's definitely oh this is a different feel yeah it's definitely just always like four four yeah which is weird for pop punk it's four four is like the standard yeah i know it's common whatever (laughs) yeah oh gosh oh yeah four four also known as common time yeah Good joke, Steve. Terrible joke. Good music joke. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember that I was like, it's got a nice fun little feel. That's a part. I'm addicted. A little bit. I'm addicted to you. That's a, the way apparently, to curse without cursing. <laughs> yeah, apparently uh, someone said that. What's the guy's name again? Pierre. Jean-Jacques Pierre. Jean-Luc Picard. Pierre Despero. What's his name? Bouvier. Pierre Bouvier. Um, apparently some, uh, some people online were like, yeah, he wrote, uh, one reason he like split it up like that was so he could still say dick on MTV. Yeah. I've, I've heard and, that like, as get well. A, get a curse on, like be the fir- one of the first songs to get a curse on Cause MTV. he's not actually cursing. He's just yeah. putting the word in half. He's just cutting the word in half and pausing. Wink, wink. Um, but anyway. Classic Pierre, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Pierre, you stinky Frenchman. <laughs> French Canadian man, but Canadian Frenchman. How would you pronounce? What would you say? Mont Canadian Frenchman. French Canadian man. French Canadian. Canadian Frenchman. No, it's just French Canadian. Yeah, but I don't want to say the word man in it, like oh. Frenchman. Frenchman Canadian men. French Canadian men. 
Canadian Frenchman. No, definitely French Canadian men. You French Canuck. Oh, you French Canadian men. Oh, you're all up there in you the, French hose in head the, in whatever place you are where you guys are all speaking French when everybody else is speaking English. Take that French toque off your head, eh? <laughs> oh man, who knows? But anyway, yeah, the song "Addicted" is very catchy, super catchy. Um, and it's about post breakup uh, when. The person who did the dumping no longer cares for the person who was dumped, and the person who was dumped definitely still cares for the person who dumped them. Yeah. Um, anyway, on to a much stranger song. Uh, it is called My Alien. Yeah, I was never a huge and, <laughs> fan of this one. I thought it was weird. Uh, it's a song about having an alien girlfriend. Yeah, it's nothing she more. She has four, two arms to hold me and four legs to wrap around me it's weird green she's skin. not your typical girlfriend my she's my alien, alien. yeah um maybe they were capitalizing on tom DeLong's i was alien yeah, stuff. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't know. I was uh i was gonna try to find like a deeper meaning and the deeper meaning was that uh was about like this ideal uh like girlfriend to have and how that's impossible because like one of the in some of the lines in the song he's talking about how like she like can read my thoughts so she knows there's no conspiracy mm-hmm. and like she can like she knows I'm like not going to betray her because she no- can read my mind and she's like she's my alien girlfriend she's perfect and then the reality is that uh people cannot read people's minds but maybe maybe and there's some deeper so meaning there I don't know that's just what I was thinking I have no idea if that, that's actually a thing but could be, or it could just be about aliens. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be that. Who knows? But anyway, on Pierre to track. Knows. Only Pierre knows. Yeah. Je vais à la Pierre. On to track number nine, which is called God Must Hate Me. Yeah, exactly. There's some fun um, chords in this, this song. Yeah, there definitely it definitely is. There, um, not all their songs are just uh, are just one. Five, six, four. Yeah, they switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this song is about feeling like you can't do anything right. Yeah. And how you're always screwing up, like you're a perpetual screw up. Yep. And he's like using the the, the idea of God hates me as like the the catalyst or whatever mm-hmm. to get across his point. A little bit of a he, juvenile way to blame your yeah. problems. Yeah. Ah, God must hate me. Cursed hey, me for eternity. Yeah. God must hate me. Baby, you should pray for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good song. Like catchy. I mean, all, all these songs are really catchy. Yeah. Um, I might not like all of them, but I wanna go home. Yeah. But then this little key shift later in the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic abrupt mm-hmm. change. The half step key change. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the next song is track number ten, and it's called "I Won't Be There." Um. And it's either. A song, I think it's a song about one of two things. I think it's most likely a song about having a bad relationship with your parent and how in like the morning, like you're going to run away and you won't be there to, for whenever uh, like your mom wakes up and wakes you up for school or whatever. Could be. Or it's about a bad relationship with a girlfriend and how he's like, I'm leaving and you, I won't be there whenever you wake up in the morning. I don't know. I won't be there either. <laughs> Catchy song, but not my favorite. Um, 
Drag number 11, however, is definitely a song about wanting to move out of your parents' house. And it's called One Day. Definitely for the teens. Yeah, definitely for the teens. And it's about how, like, one day you won't be able to tell me what to do. And one day I'll be able to make all my own decisions. One day, ha! And hey, ha! Yeah, it's an alright song. Yeah. But a lot of these songs, as I kept listening to the, uh, the album a lot of the songs i was like i don't really like the i like how it sounds but i'm not a big fan of the lyrics <laughs> in a lot of these songs i feel like you have to be a teenager to really connect yeah yeah but that's why i like this album a lot because why when you were when you were younger you listened when, to it when i was a youth yeah. yeah and plus this is, this album is a great jumping point into to punk if you want to yeah that's true yeah definitely a good gateway album for for people trying to find new stuff yeah yeah that's a good point yeah that, that um launched me into some more music i guess yeah yeah but anyway on to uh track number 12 which is called perfect and this is another po- um, power pop song it's a little bit slower and it's uh piano driven in the beginning um and is this a, is is there a piano in this song I think so. Oh no, no, it's just just an acoustic guitar, or not an acoustic guitar, but a electric guitar. A real guitar soft clean. guitar, yeah. yeah. Um, this is, well, I guess I give this one five out of five too because I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I'll just uh, I'll go for recommendations. I recommend this one too. Yeah, go for it. Um, this is probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, it's a it's a really good song about um relationship with your parents and how a lot of kids parents have like expectations that they want their children to live up to yeah and this is a song about struggling with that and like the uh, the singer says like do you hate the fact that i'm like just doing what i want to do and like i'm sorry that i'm not like living up to your expectations basically and sorry i can't be perfect yeah, but it's a it's a really really catchy song. Very catchy. Um, pretty good message too because I know I've known people that have gone through that. Yeah. Um, my parents have always been fairly uh, like not really pushy with what they expect of me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've been been fairly fortunate in that way. Um, but I know people who have gone through that. I think we've got a good mutual friend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but there's I feel like a lot of people also have had issues with parents in one way or another yeah yeah it's, it's a very common thing yeah yeah whether it's serious or not uh it always if there's any semblance of it like it, to, to be real it always seems more elevated when you're a teenager also yeah so it i definitely think that does fits in with the album yeah and yeah. the um the chorus on the song is just so galder and catchy too i like, like the whenever, last chorus when they've got the two different vocal lines going with the yeah and, the, and now it's just too late. Yeah, so it's a nice little um, parts going off Nothing against each other. Lasts forever. Yeah. Um, and the last song is called "Grow Up." Yes, it's a bonus track. Yes, just a, fun, a pretty good song. Fun little ditty. About, yeah, about not wanting to grow up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be told to grow up. Yeah. Good they song though. Make some references to Good Charlotte and Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, Sum Forty One and MXPX. Yeah, all good pop punk. All bands that I have listened to on this podcast. You have not listened to Good Charlotte yet. Oh, true. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But yeah, he did listen to MXPX. MXPX, Blink, uh, some 41. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll do another MXPX one on the next repeating. Who knows? Maybe, I'd be, maybe I'd be down with that. They're good. But anyway, overall, I think it was a good album, though. Yeah. Definitely worth listening to. Looking forward to next week, we will be doing a one-off. Yes. Um, I don't know if we've settled on anything, but perhaps the Weaker Than's reunion tour? Yes, that uh, sounds like a good idea. that I believe we're both fairly familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps a coffee beer or something of that nature. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe. Something that we can dunk something into. I don't know. Um, What are your (laughs) thoughts on uh, your beer? Um, It's actually... Let me get one more try real quick. Yeah, see see if uh, anything's changed up for you. As it's warmed up, of course. Now, it's either because I've gotten used to how heavy it is, or because as it's warmed up, it has lost a little bit of its potency. I'm kind of guessing that it's because I've gotten used to it. That would be my guess because typically the potency comes through quite a bit more when it's yeah. warmer. But who knows? Maybe, maybe. It, uh, it still tastes really good. Very chocolatey. Um, well balanced. It doesn't taste like overly bitter from the malts. Which is nice. Yeah. Mine's been consistent the whole way through. Yeah. yeah. Very solid. Nice. Um, before we finish these, um, remember you can always hit us up on all the social medias. Just look up American Brews and Tunes. You'll find us. Um, you can send us an email at AmericanBrewsandTunes at gmail.com or go to our website, BrewsandTunesPodcast.com. Um, just uh, you know, say you love the podcast, say you hate it. We don't really care. Actually, I do care. I care a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we also take recommendations for one-off yeah, episodes. So if, if you want us to review your favorite album or any album, just let us know. We'll, we'll yeah. be more than happy to do it. Or if you if you if you're like, wow, this album is so terrible, I'm gonna make them listen to it. Yeah, do that too. You could. We might hate it. We might love it. I don't know. Yeah. It'll be fun for all of us. We'll make an album or a podcast out of it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just reach out. We'll love to hear from all of you guys. Yeah, or any sure. of you guys. Or anyone, please. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's uh, finish our beers and sign off, shall we? We shall. As we always say in American Brews and Tunes, And one more time down the international hatch. Ah, delicious. Because I lost it all. My beer didn't last forever. I'm sorry, it was a big stout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I crack myself up. My name is Stephen Johnston. My name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Bruce and Tunes. <laughs> 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 Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beeby-day